the author of How to Murder Your Husband, is now on trial for murdering her husband. There's an Antarctic post office that's now hiring, and you'll also have to count the penguins. And Burger King is being sued by customers who claim the Whopper is smaller in real life. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I got three weird news segments from around the world. Come on, let's jump inside. The author of How to Murder Your Husband is on trial for murdering her husband. She's a self-published romance writer. We won't hold that against her, that she's self-published. What we're going to hold against her is that she wrote about murdering her husband, and then she murdered her husband, clearly. She wrote an essay called How to Murder Your Husband, and she's now on trial for the alleged murder of her husband in Oregon. It began on Monday, the trial. Her name is Nancy Crampton Brophy. She's age 71. She was accused of fatally shooting her husband, Daniel, in June 2018, but it just went to trial this week. Uh, She was arrested back in 2018, three months after Daniel's death. And here's the kicker. Despite the title of her essay, How to Murder Your Husband, the judge has ruled that this essay cannot be presented as evidence against her. How? How can it not be presented as evidence against her? She wrote about how to kill your husband, then she killed her husband. Bro, are you okay, judge? Now, this reminds me of that story that I did about the rappers don't want their rap music held against them. Because apparently sometimes rap lyrics are used as evidence. If you rap about robbing somebody, then you rob somebody. I guess that's evidence, right? Well, you know, if you write an essay about murdering your husband, eh, and then you murder your husband, eh, <laughs> sounds to me like that's evidence. I'm no lawyer. I didn't go to law school, but this just seems... Pretty rudimentary to me. Now, as I said, the trial began Monday. Oregon District Attorney Sean Overstreet made a case to the jurors that Crampton Brophy was motivated to kill her husband by greed and a very large insurance policy. In the trial that began Monday, District Attorney Overstreet made a case to these jurors that this woman was motivated by greed to kill her husband and a very large insurance policy as well. And she had writer's block. She was working on a follow-up novel called How to Dispose of Your Murdered Husband's Body. (laughs) I'm kidding. Now, who knows if this will be enough evidence to convict her. Seems to me that you really should include the How Do You Murder Your Husband essay. Let's figure out exactly what the judge ruled on here. It says, The judge ruled in favor of a defense motion ensuring jurors would not hear about the How to Murder Your Husband essay, which was written 11 years ago. The judge says that that essay was old and was written for a writing seminar, and any value it might have is is outweighed by the prejudice it might cause in the jury. The prejudice, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, isn't this prejudice justified? I mean, she wrote about killing her husband a few years before she did it, all right? (laughs) The prejudice. Some prejudice is appropriate, guys. Because it also aligns with facts. You know what I mean? It also aligns with truth. (laughs) It also aligns with a pattern of behavior. (laughs) Prejudice it might cause the jury. Wow, judge. How do you be a judge, huh? Just be stupid? How do you do it? Now, it says here at the end of the article that Crampton Brophy posted on her Facebook shortly after her husband's death. She said she was, quote, struggling to make sense of everything right now. 
She's just struggling, guys, to make sense. She's having a hard time completing her follow-up novel called Finding Love After You've Killed Your Husband. It's a romance. <laughs> Can't hold it against her. A post office in the Antarctic is hiring, and counting penguins will be part of your job. You guys want to get paid to hang out with some penguins? This might be an opportunity for you. Pay attention. A UK post office is hiring, and the winning candidates will spend five months on an Antarctic island surrounded by some colleagues and, thankfully, thousands of penguins. What a joy being surrounded by thousands of penguins. Gonna step in a lot of penguin poop. For the first time since the start of the pandemic, the UK Antarctic Trust is hiring a seasonal team to staff its Port Lockroy post office, the museum, and the gift shop as well. So located on Goudier Island in the Antarctic Peninsula. This gig, of course, is the opportunity of a lifetime. An island of penguins? Who doesn't want to get paid to hang out on an island of penguins? And, uh... Suppose you have to deliver some mail. How many people actually live there? Yeah, you know. Although maybe they're very far away, so you're, you might have like five deliveries, but they're like hundreds of miles between each other. That could happen. It is the Antarctic, after all. This gig is not for the faint of heart. We have a quote here from Vicky, one of the station's previous postmasters. She's describing her time there. She says, we did have to dig our way through the snow to get access for the first time when we arrived at the post office. We had no flush toilets, nothing like that. None of the modern luxuries that everyone is used to. Also, we had to survive on penguin meat, which is not very tasty. It's very gamey. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She didn't eat the penguin meat. I mean, it doesn't say that in the, in the article. She may have. I don't know. It says here, Port Lockroy was the first permanent British scientific research base established on the Antarctic Peninsula, originally operating between 1944 and 1962. Oh, fascinating. Now, the UK Antarctic Trust is a British charity. It took over in 2006 and has been running it as a conservation and a tourist site ever since. Today, Goodyear Island is home to a very small post office, an Antarctic museum, and a gift shop all run by a rotating staff of four to five people. Now, last year it remained closed due to the pandemic and health measures. It's usually open to the public during an Antarctic summer between November and March when it welcomes thousands of tourists who arrive by a cruise ship. Here's a quote from that lady, Inglis. They're able to come ashore and learn something a little bit different, so rather than the wildlife and the landscape that most Antarctic landings will offer... This is an insight into the human history down in Antarctica. Now, just in case you think you're going to be hired easily, it's pretty competitive. It says here the UK Antarctic Trust receives hundreds of applications every year from people all around the world. The charity is currently hiring three to four people to work as base leader, shop manager, and the general assistant with a monthly salary of between... 1,250 euro and 1,800 euro per calendar month. Applications from outside the UK, of course, are welcome. Though the charity warns, candidates will be asked to provide documentation at the interview stage to prove that they're right to work in the UK, which may include passports, uh, visas, or any other supporting documents, yada, yada, yada. Now, what are some of the responsibilities? It says here, keeping the site up and running is not an easy feat, there are very few amenities, and water is brought in on boats. 
If the ice is too thick for the ships to come ashore, then the staff have to melt water from chunks of ice and boil it in order to drink it. It's like some serious roughing going on here. Also, the workers share the island with, you know, thousands of Gentoo penguins. Here's a quote from Inglis. Those penguins are all around the buildings on the site. They're building their nests just outside the doors and windows as well. So we had to be very careful that when visitors were coming, you know, we were doing as much as we can to really minimize the impact that we were having on the penguins that are living there with all those tourists and people. And part of my job was to count the penguins and their eggs, you know. We had to monitor the running population of penguins. And we had to clean up after the birds as well. It's a lot of scrubbing of the guano, also known as penguins' feces. We had to scrub that feces off rocks to make sure it doesn't get taken into the museum, brought into the museum in the shop in the post office. Now, you also, if you want to have this job, you've got to be a team player, guys. It says here, potential applicants should be willing to work very hard, scrubbing that penguin shit, <laughs> counting those penguins, greeting the tourists. Now, this lady, Inglis, says she got hired because she had experience working as a sailor with some crews for a long period of time. You're going to be living in very close confines with each other and working with each other every day. You really need to be someone who can get on and work with others and just sort of take things in your stride and find, you know, where you can help and contribute to the team. But I recommend if you're down there to take the opportunity to just, you know, sometimes in the middle of your workday, just stop. Just stop and look around. Look at what's going on around you in terms of the island, the ice, the weather, the wildlife, the penguin feces, and just enjoy these sorts of moments of being in that place. It's very special. Sounds lovely. And if you guys want to apply to live in Antarctica for a few months, walking on penguin guano and possibly getting hypothermia, you want to go to ukaht.org. It's uh, the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust. That's where you can apply. Good luck to you. Uh, This is a job for people who don't like people. So if you think that's you. Burger King, the king of burgers, is being sued by some customers who claim that the Whopper is smaller than advertised. The Whopper may be, well, turns out, only somewhat of a Whopper, at least in real life. According to a new class action lawsuit, we have four Burger King customers here in the story. They're suing Burger King over its marketing, claiming that the company makes the burger look about 35% bigger in its advertising than it is in reality. And of course, this is true, but everybody knows this. This is how it is. And it's not just Burger King. Every eatery makes commercials where the food looks way bigger and way more delicious and lush and juicy and than it actually does when you get to the spot. Everybody knows this. By the way, newsflash, when you look at a bag of potato chips, inside there's only about half of the bag filled with potato chips. Is this news too, guys? (laughs) Are we all aware of what's going on in the food industry? (laughs) It's a lot of trickery, you know? (laughs) I thought we all knew that. You know, when I go and get the Whopper, I don't expect it to look like that commercial of the Whopper, which is actually probably a half a pound burger. Super juicy. It's fresh. You get your Whopper. It doesn't look anything like that. And, and you know what? I'm fine with it. I don't expect it to. I'm what's called a reasonable human being. I just assume that 
All advertising is filled with catfishing. And yeah, so that's how I approach it. Now, the plaintiffs in this lawsuit are seeking monetary damages for anyone that was deceived by Burger King's advertising. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Like, no one's really deceived, man. We all know the deal. <laughs> like, maybe if you're an infant and it's your first time, you see a commercial for Burger King and then you go there, your very first time, you're 11, you're like, wow, this doesn't look like what the commercial. You're like, yeah, honey, yeah, honey. It's, nothing in real life looks as good as the commercial. Actually, nothing in real life looks as good as what's on television. I'm going to be real. People's lips look plumper. Everybody's way hotter than in real life. Have you ever seen a fast food commercial, by the way? There's like attractive people working there in the commercial. Then you go to the actual fast food place. Do you see attractive people working there? No, you do not. <laughs> that is not a true representation of life, everybody. Are we aware of this? <laughs> commercials? The world of commercials? You think that's an accurate depiction of real life? Commercials are presenting the ideal, not the real. Are we all aware of that? You know, I mean, is that really your group of friends? You have an Asian friend, an African-American friend, an indigenous friend, and you got your white friend like and you travel. Everybody's different. (laughs) That's really the world that you live in. Yeah. A few of us. It's very rare, but that's what you see on commercials. I don't look at that and go, oh, that's the real. Now, with this ridiculous lawsuit, uh, they allege that Burger King's size inflation doesn't stop at the Whopper only. They say the ads also overstate the size of menu items like the Impossible Burger, the Big King, and the Bacon Double Cheeseburger, among other items. They're asking that the King of Burgers either stop selling these overstated menu items or change its advertisements altogether. Oh, I would love to see them change their advertisements. I want to see commercials where the food looks just like it looks when you get to the fast food place (laughs) imagine those commercials i want to see the employees teenagers with their face covered in pimples working behind the cash register that's real life right there (laughs) i want to see customers in there throwing shit at the employees like they do in the fast food places in florida that's real life at a fast food restaurant Burger King, why don't you represent what you actually are in your advertising? Now, Burger King has been called out by the authorities in the past for its advertising techniques. In 2010, for instance, the UK's advertising authority told Burger King that it misled viewers about the size of a chicken burger, told the chain to stop running that spot, according to the media. Now, of course, I recognize the evil of advertising, I've spoken about it on this show before, and I agree that some of it should be wrangled in. Advertisers are getting away with way too much. They're causing psychological damage in the culture, among other things. But there are worse things than just the food situation. I mean, uh, such as what, Jonesy? Oh, such as, I don't know, pharmaceutical companies actually peddling poison in commercials? What about that? All right, all right, all right. I went a little dark there. I, I apologize. Trying to keep it upbeat here on Weird AF News. I don't want you to think about that sort of stuff, but it's true. Look, I once saw a diaper commercial, and within the diaper commercial, they made the announcement, now our diaper is without chlorine. I mean, really? (laughs) That's how brazen advertising can be. Oh, your diaper doesn't have chlorine now? You mean a chemical that if you keep it around your baby's, you know, nether regions for hours at a time, probably some skin cancer is going to occur? No? (laughs) I mean... That's what we're dealing with. 
The size of the burger. You're out of your mind. All right, weirdos, how you doing? Thanks for listening to another episode of Weird AF News, all the way to the outro. What do you win? Uh, you win nothing. Just get to hear me ramble for a little bit longer. Try and keep it brief. I got some reviews here. Uh, one, one is on Ample, Ample Apple Podcasts. Uh, the review is by Kelsey Danger. I got five stars from Kelsey Danger. Thank you, Kelsey, for giving me five stars. Appreciate the generosity with the stars. Uh, as for the review itself, I, it's... Um, it's a mystery. I don't know what she's saying here. It says, I demand to see Jonesy's 95 missing dot, dot, dot. And then it, Kelsey wrote, where to begin, dot, dot, dot. The BF, which ordinarily stands for boyfriend. I don't know what this message is, but I got five stars from Kelsey Danger. Big shout out to Kelsey Danger. Cryptic message. Kelsey, if you could email me and let me know what you're asking me here, I could actually answer your question. Uh, funnyjones at gmail.com is the email. Uh, I also got a terrible review on Amazon. Let's read this one. It's from Natasha, who can't stand me. She gave me one star and wrote, so annoying. I'm so annoying that she could only give me one star, sadly. She wrote, I tried, to, I tried so hard to stick with this podcast. The topic is interesting and funny. The podcaster annoys the hell out of me, though. He is mean for weird reasons, and it's not even funny. His accents are offensive, but also very bad. I like the idea of weird news, and I like the stories, but I just can't get past his horrible, quote, comedy. I think he has a great idea, but less rambling and more content would have been great. I got through, like, five, she said. Well, at least she gave it a chance. Five, that's a lot of Weird AF News episodes to listen to. A lot of people... We'll write a review after only listening to one, and then they write a terrible one. But she gave it a chance. you got to give her some credit there. Hey, man, I'm not for everybody. Um, you know, the rambling is sort of part of the thing here, Natasha, just FYI. That's, that's what it's for. I mean, you can always go and read these stories yourself. It's not hard to find weird news out there, you know. So what we're doing is a little bit different. Uh, well, I should say what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. And as far as more content goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm doing five days a week. I mean, how much content do you, do you think I can handle here, hon? That's <laughs> like a lot of content already. And, um, and as for more content, I mean, I read the entire articles, then the article ends and then I say something about it. So it kind of like, you know, I can't read more than what is there. Yeah. You know, so, and five days a week is a lot. This is a lot of content. I don't know what more you're looking for, Natasha, but good luck to you. Um, if you guys want to leave me a review, you can go to Amazon or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, actually. You can not leave a full review, but you can leave stars. So that's pretty helpful. If you're listening on Spotify, just open that up and give five stars. It takes you just a second, and it helps out a lot. Appreciate it. If you guys would like to support the show by joining the Patreon, go to the website weirdafnews.com and click on the Patreon banner, and then you can support the show by buying Jonesy a cup of coffee a month or something like that, which is... Uh, well, well, I know it's difficult now with inflation, so um, if you can't do that, eh, you can help me out by leaving me a positive review. You know, kind of offset these bad reviews that we get once in a while. It would be nice. Uh, if not, don't do nothing. Just listen and have a good time. Good luck with your life, man. 